This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. The subject of God's grace is one of those marvelous subjects that we study in the Bible. It has so much to say about God's grace. Today we want to think about His grace, but we're going to look at a passage that suggests even says that it's possible for people to set aside the grace of God. We want to think about that today. We want to encourage you to stay tuned. I want to thank you for tuning in to watch Getting to Know Your Bible today. And we appreciate those who may be watching for the first time. You're not aware, perhaps, then of the free Bible correspondence course that we offer and we'd like to pause for just a moment so that you can learn more about this free course and how to receive it. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I want to read today from the book of Galatians, chapter 2, and verse 20 and verse 21. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh... I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. Think about the expression, set aside the grace of God. Let's think about how people set aside God's grace today. Now, the subject of grace is a very prominent theme in the Bible. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11 says, The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. In Ephesians chapter five, uh, 2 and verse uh, 8, the Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith in that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. James chapter 1 and verse 17 tells us that the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 9, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he is rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. And then there's Hebrews 2 and verse 9. He, by the grace of God, tasted of death for every man. So all of these verses talk about God's grace. I think of another in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10, where Paul wrote, By the grace of God, I am what I am. And every person who is saved can say that, By God's grace, 
I am what I am. By God's grace, I'm saved. By God's grace, I'm a Christian. By God's grace, I'm a child of God. By God's grace, I have hope in life. By God's grace, I have a blessed future. By the grace of God. But the word grace means unmerited favor. That's favor that God bestows upon us that we did not earn, that we did not merit, that we did not deserve. Grace is God doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. God, grace is God giving us what we need, which is the forgiveness of sins rather than what we deserve, and that's punishment for our sins. So grace, what a blessed theme it is. And we're saved by the grace of God. There's no question about the fact that we're saved by God's grace. And we're saved by grace by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ with all of our hearts. By repenting of the sin we have in our lives. By acknowledging Jesus is God's Son. Peter did that in Matthew 16 and 16 when he said, You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Are you willing to acknowledge Jesus Christ as the Son of God? That acknowledgement and that confession has cost many their lives for believing in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. And then as a confessing believer in Jesus, as a penitent confessing believer in Jesus Christ, are you willing to be baptized and be saved by God's grace? Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. There are the conditions of our being saved, and that's belief in Jesus and being baptized for the remission of those sins. Would you be willing to do that and be saved by the grace of God? As wonderful as God's grace is, a person can set aside his grace. And to set aside God's grace means that you frustrate his grace. That means you reject his grace, that you discredit his grace. But how can a person do that? You see, God has a, a plan for us through His grace. And, and we can set aside God's plan and set aside God's grace if we give all of our attention to this old world. We're, we're not to do that. In Colossians, the third chapter, verses 1 and 2, Paul said, If you then be risen with Christ... Seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above and not on things on the earth. But sometimes we do the very opposite of what those verses teach. And we set our affections on things on the earth and not on things above. Isn't it the case that, that so many people today are not thinking about their souls and not thinking about e eternity? Well, those verses tell us to think about where we're headed, to think about what God did on our behalf. You see, when we give our attention to the world, we thwart the purpose of God and the plan of God and the grace of God. We set it aside. The Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in this world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And, and the world passes away and the lust thereof. But he that does the will of God abides forever. And I want you to think about that. The world passes away. There's a day this old world will pass away. Why then, in using just a, a, a minimum amount of wisdom and common sense, would we give all of our affection and attention to the things of this world? 
Now, we're in the world, that's for sure. But we don't have to be of the world. And we can live a different type of life. Christian marches to the tune of a different drummer. We don't conform to it. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we're not to be conformed to this world. Philip's translation says, don't allow the world to squeeze you into its mold. If you're allowing the world to squeeze you into its mold, that you act like the world, you talk like the world, you dress like the world, you look at the movies that the world looks at, you listen to, to this music the world listens to, you, you act like the world and you talk like the world, you are the part of the world, then you have set aside God's grace. God died, gave His Son to die on the cross to get us out of sin and to get us out of the world and that we might be transformed by the renewing of our minds, by the will of God Almighty. So don't set aside the grace of God by, by just giving all your attention to this world. That there was a man who was dying and, and he had been a successful man. And, and while he was dying, someone came to visit him and, and, and he said, I've been a miserable failure. And they said, how, how can you say that? Look at all the multiplied millions of dollars that you own. Look at all that you've accomplished in life. But they said, then he pointed up toward the heavens. He said, but I have nothing up there. A man may have all there is to this old world. But if he hasn't laid up treasures in heaven, and if he doesn't have his attention focused on that which is above, then the man is going to be a miserable failure in life. Jesus asked this question in Matthew 16 and verse 26, and it's a question worth our considering. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You see, God gave Jesus to deliver us from this old world. Let me read a passage to you from uh, Galatians, the first chapter. Actually, let me read verses 3 and 4 and 5. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for our sins, that He might deliver us from this present evil age. There it is. Jesus died to deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. You see, that's God's purpose. God's plan, as far as His grace is concerned, His unmerited favor in giving Jesus to deliver us from this world, and then if we turn right around and we conform to this world, then we have set aside the grace of God. We set aside God's grace when we neglect the spiritual welfare of our children. Our children are in our hands. 
They're in our hands. There was a father watching the evening news and that they were showing places around the globe with which he was not familiar. And he went into his son's room because he knew his son had a globe in his room. And he, he was going to take the globe and he wanted to uh, look at the globe while they were describing these various places around the world and locate these places on the globe. And as he was leaving his son's room with the globe in his hand, his little boy looked up at him and he said, Daddy, what are you going to do with my world? He meant with his globe. Well, you know, that's a pretty good question to ask today, isn't it? What, what are you going to do with your child's world? Are you going to neglect it? Are you going to leave it to chance? Are you going to allow your child to build his own world? And I can tell you for certain, if you neglect your child, he'll build his own world. And there are people out there in the world that will help him build his own world. And it may be the kind of a world that will break your heart. You see, God has a plan for those children. And the plan for those children is that they be reared by their parents to do right. Proverbs 22 verse 6 reads, Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. We have a responsibility to those children. The psalmist said in Psalms 127, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. As arrows are in the hands of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They, they shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Our children are like arrows in our hands. And we have a responsibility for, for directing them in life and pointing them in the right direction in life. We can't neglect that and be pleasing to God. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 49 are passages that are well known to the Jewish people. And these are passages, even though they are part of the Old Testament, have principles that are just as applicable as any you read in the New Testament. And if we would pay more attention to these words and apply these words and live by these words, then we might have a different outcome with our children. In Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4, the, the, Moses said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, with all of thy soul, with all of thy mind. The word which I commanded you this day shall be in your heart, and you shall teach it diligently unto your children. Now let's stop just there. That there's enough in those verses right there, but without even continuing, 
to completely change the lives of children if parents would take those words seriously. Number one, teach your children there's a God in heaven. Number two, teach your children to love God. Do your children love God? Do you love God? Children are born imitators. And children do what they have been taught to do. Absolutely. And if they know you love God, the chances are they're going to grow up loving God. And this is the love of God that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not grievous. You see, when we love God, we do what God tells us to do. And we need to take seriously those words given by Moses to Israel in the long ago. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you're to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, all your mind. And you are to teach your children to do that. Teach your children to love God with all of their heart, with all of their mind, with all of their soul, with all of their strength. Teach them. And then he says, The word that I commanded you this day shall be in your heart. And then you turn around and you teach that diligently to your children. Do you ever take any time to impress the Bible upon your children? Do you tell them Bible stories? There's so many wonderful Bible stories in the Old Testament. There's a story about Daniel and the lions being the three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace. There's a story about Joseph, the story about Abraham, the story about the flood, the story of the creation. Do, do, do you ever stop and do you ever teach your children some of those wonderful Bible stories of the Old Testament? When you do, you're laying a foundation for faith in God and faith in His Word. And, and showing that the need to, to love God so much that you'll do what God tells you to do. We're to teach those children. We have that responsibility. Our children are gifts from God. In Genesis chapter 4 and verse 1, Mother Eve said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And if you have a son or a daughter, they're from the Lord. That's why the psalmist said, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord. They are gifts from God. And God expects that we give them attention. And that we bring them up properly. One of the greatest needs in America today is the revival of the home in America. There are so many children that grow up in a single parent home. There are children that are growing up in homes where the name of Jesus is never mentioned except in a, in a form of an expletive. The name of God is never heard unless someone is using the name of God in a vain way. And the Bible doesn't even exist in that home. That's a sad commentary on, on that family. And God expects us to do better by our children. I want to speak to the men who may be watching. And as a father and as a husband, you have a responsibility to stand up and to really be a man and to take charge of, of helping to rear your children, that your boys be boys and they grow up to be men and help your young girls to grow up to be young girls, young ladies. 
of whom you can be proud one day. God expects that. And when we neglect them, that displeases God. David was a king. He had a son by the name of Absalom. And Absalom rebelled against his father. He went to war against David and his army. And Absalom was killed in battle. And David wept over the death of that boy. And he said, Oh, Absalom, my son, my son, would to God I had died for you, my son, my son. To me, that's one of the saddest laments there is in all the Bible. But maybe the problem was David was too busy being a king when Absalom was just a tiny lad at his knee. And he didn't take up the time with his son. And and the outcome was a heartbreaking outcome. I want to plead with every father that's watching right now. Don't you dare set aside the grace of God because it's in God's plan that you rear those children properly. You bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And I want to urge you with all love my heart because I'm concerned about your children that you take time with them. One of the greatest regrets that I have as a gospel preacher It is the time that I spent away from my family preaching somewhere. Days on end preaching somewhere. And I, oh, if I could go back, I'd spend a lot more time with my son, my daughters. That's the greatest thing we can give them is our time. You want to give something for your child's birthday, give them your time. You want to give them the greatest gift of all, give them your time. Take up time. And I can just hear some busy father saying, well, you know, it's it's hard for me to make time. You don't make time. You, You don't find that you have to make, redo your schedule so that you have that time. Someone called me to some distance away from where I was living and wanted to know if I could come and help conduct a funeral service. Well, when they said help conduct the funeral service, I knew that meant that they had someone else that was going to do it, and I might have been reading the Scripture, or I might even have been preaching. I don't know. But I told them I already had an appointment that day, and I could not break it. And that appointment was with my son, and we were going to go fishing that day. And I took my son fishing that day rather than going off at a distance to preach a funeral of someone that I cared about as well. But I love my son, and I don't regret that at all. Fathers, take time with your children. It's God's plan that we do that. And when children are taught properly, they're going to grow up to be law-abiding citizens. They're going to be grow up to be hardworking, honest people. People that will contribute to society and make the world a better place in which to live. But if we neglect those children, and if we 
are members of the church and we, our children hear us criticizing the elders and criticizing the preacher and criticizing this, that, the other in the church. Don't be surprised if your children grow up and leave the church because they're following right after you. And you're going to go down to your grave with a broken heart one day because you left God out of your life and left it out of the lives of your children. Yes, we set aside the grace of God by neglecting the spiritual welfare of our children. But we set aside the grace of God by, by backsliding. I'm talking to someone right now at one time was on fire for the Lord. Maybe you remember the Church of Christ and at one time you were so involved in the church you didn't miss a service. You were there every time the doors opened. You were involved in the work of the church. You actually attended classes where they taught how to teach other people about Jesus. And you were so excited about evangelism and saving souls. But over the years, something happened. And your fire went out. And now, there's barely a spiritual spark in your life. I'm pleading with you to come back home and come back home quickly. Come back home today. I, I plead with you. You see, when we become backslidden in heart, we're setting aside God's grace. And actually, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 4 teaches that we can fall from that grace and should we die in a state where we have fallen from grace, we can be lost. Yes, indeed. I'm pleading with you to make a change in your life. In Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse 5, Jeremiah talked about God's people in that day, and he said that Jerusalem had slidden back by a perpetual backsliding. That, that was the kindest thing he could say about them. They were just slidden back continually, perpetually. If that's your case, come back home. The Lord wants to forgive you. The Bible says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Come back home to the Lord. Come back to the church. Get involved. And if you've never obeyed the gospel, do so today. Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. In the closing moment, may I give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ right there in your own community. Please attend, get acquainted with the people, and also right now pick up the phone and call for the free Bible Correspondence Course. You'll never regret it. I want to thank you for watching today, and until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.org. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at knowyourbible@golftel.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214.
Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible. Peace.